I thank the Lord for being here. I thank the Lord for being saved and sanctified and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank the Lord for the opportunity to come and speak to everyone on today and just talk about my Heavenly Father. All praises, all honor, all glory belongs to Him. And I just thank Him for who He is to me. I want to thank Him for my wonderful providing husband, Bishop Dr. Charles Jones Jr., who I love and adore very much, to our beautiful daughters, Deaconess Charlissa, and our daughter Angel, to Mother Candace and all of the New Life with New Hope members, to all the New Life with New Hope listeners. I thank the Heavenly Father for our Mayor, Will Stevens, who provided a space to record every Saturday and be here at 2.30 with everyone who is traveling to and from their destination. We are located at 306 West Monroe Street in Carbondale, Illinois. Our services are Sundays at 2 p.m. where we come together and we simply just praise the Lord and we give him all that we have because he is due all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. On today, I will be with you for a short period of time. I'm going to get in out the way, but we're going to have a wonderful time talking about our Heavenly Father. But first, I wanted to let you guys know that the Bible is inspired by God. Through his spirit, the authors were led to record the word of God. We, the readers, receive encouragement by reading his holy scriptures. And these holy scriptures are testaments of real people who went through real life. And just like you and me, they have traveled down their own unique paths. Some had incredible journeys and there were some who struggled every step of the way. But... They leaned and depended on God. The whole point of reading the Bible is to learn doctrine that reproofs, meaning corrects us, so that we can be the best version of ourselves and be more like Jesus every day. We read seeking to learn habits of righteous living so there are not forms of righteousness but the actual life choice of deciding to live righteously. We seek encouragement when we are in poor spirits, meaning when we do not have the conscious mind to serve him, we hear motivation throughout the scriptures to keep leaning on God for every single thing. Some of us might think that the Bible is based off fictional characters. They believe that they were well thought of characters. But then some may wonder, how do we know if what we're reading is true? A valid source for our soul to be redeemed. However, the same question was asked by the disciples in John seven sixteen and 17. If any man will do his will, he should know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. 
those that are doing the marvelous work of God can test to see if what Jesus' teachings are, in fact, true. And I truly believe that. People can talk about the Bible and they can talk about God all day long. But until you have a personal Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit experience, it has seemed like just a talk. But one encounter with the Heavenly Father and one encounter with Jesus will leave you as a believer. And I am a firm witness of that. Today I felt led to talk about Job. And for starters, I like to ask questions if you don't mind. And my question that I have is, have you ever felt like you were faced with multiple challenges all at once? I might not be able to see hands in the air, but sure you have. I believe everybody has dealt with life events happening nonstop, out of the blue, without apology, without remorse, without any regard of you being able to keep up. And all the events that were happening happened at the worst time imaginable. And it seems like you can't win. The story of Job comes to my mind in moments where your back is against the wall and the enemy has you pinned down with no wiggle room. Now, people often refer to Job as a book of sufferings. Our minds might wonder why this book of the Bible is even as popular as it is. Due to the severity of a person's suffering so greatly that it's hard to read without feeling heartbroken and sad and compassionate towards Job and secretly hoping that you never have to experience that type of pain. If you haven't read it, it will probably leave a question in your mind as to why he had to go through devastation after devastation after devastation. Some of you might be like Job and you're encountering a rough time where there seems to be no hope to regroup for future successes. It might seem far-fetched to believe that you can Pick up from where you left off and move to your next level, which is restoration. And I speak it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may know someone personally, like a friend or relative who is suffering now. And you might not know what to say to ease their pain, but you could direct them to Job in the Bible. One thing we all know about attacks and sufferings is it doesn't feel good. We could all agree on that. I never met a person who volunteered to suffer but Jesus. We strive to be like Jesus, but not in a manner of choosing to be treated poorly and going through his type of suffering. Suffering is a time of nonstop pain that seems to go on and on and on continuously it feels like there is a beginning but no end it seems like when you go through internal and external suffering not one person can ease that suffering but God yes friends may try to soothe you but sometimes let's tell the truth sometimes they can make it worse and they don't mean to they mean well but 
may say the wrong thing. They may do the wrong thing because words and actions of a person have very little impact on a hurt heart that is grieving from trauma to where we can't fix our own issue. The heart does, in fact, grieve when your life seems out of control, when we can't help ourselves, we can't help our loved ones, we can't help our children, we can't fix our problems. When we have to wait on God to act or respond, especially when we want him to do things our way. And guess what? We want it right now. We grieve the loss of our independence. Knowing we need him to survive. We grieve because of the things we lose that we feel belongs to us. Like a loss of a loved one, right? A loss of a job. Maybe loss of mobility. Loss of sight. Loss of interest. Or almost losing someone to an illness typically known as a scare. Some have lost homes and cars. We grieve relationships. We grieve because we think earthly possessions belongs to us, but they belong to God. All belongs to him. And we are renting these possessions. But one day, everything will be returned to the owner who owns everything on this earth and all spiritual realms. There's not one thing that does not return to the Heavenly Father when he comes back for his church. That is why our praise should continually be expressed to him no matter what because God is our peace of mind. Our happiness should center around him. Our ability to rejoice and these sufferings is simply celebrating the fact that he has all power and infinite wisdom beyond our control. Infinite knowledge. And that is something to praise and celebrate for our triumphs. Knowing that we have somebody that we can go to in the event that we can't handle things on our own. There is no joy in the moment of suffering. But after, look at someone and say, but after you have suffered a while and everything simmers and pans out, you will find out that even in your most trying times of your life, joy can be found. When you realize that God does not make mistakes and everything that we go through is for a season and a reason. Even if we don't know what the reason is, we can rejoice, which is a praise on the inside for God taking you through your situation. And in the process, that situation turns to restoration, which then turns to joy. There is joy. Knowing that God never left us. There is joy knowing that all things work for our good. Even if we may not understand the why. And it is totally acceptable to express our non-understanding to God. To show him your emotion and dislike for the suffering you are dealing with. Some people get so angry. I used to be one with the way their life has ended up and they get so bitter and mad inside. They feel that they were cursed. So they 
hold a grudge against him all their life, never getting to the point of salvation and, and not escaping perdition, which is our ultimate goal. When life's shoes are too big to fill, how do we cope? Do we stop believing in God's power? God has never promised us that we will be happy all the time. Some people feel that there should be a balance of happiness and a balance of suffering because suffering builds faith, suffering builds character, and it gives us a powerful testimony that we can share with others to influence someone to be led to God. And if we have to suffer like Jesus suffered for our sins, just to help someone else make it in, glory be to God. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Job. Job, a man who was, in fact, a good man, like most of us are, in the eyes of God. And God vouches for his goodness, but is challenged by Satan that if God took away all his possessions, that he will curse God. It is, it is almost as if they were gambling with Job's life. And if you read it, it seems unfair because it seemed unfair to me for them to gamble with Job's life, although living a perfectly acceptable life unto our Heavenly Father. But when you begin to read it, you deeply understand throughout the reading that God's power and knowledge and wisdom and authority is beyond our understanding. That we are very limited to what we know and understand regarding life or anything. Reading this chapter of the Bible allows us to understand that God has the final word on all his creation. I wanted to speak on the subject of Job because in this world, we will suffer. There will be some great days where everything is going right, but then all of a sudden, you'll be hit with life challenges. Job was not an Israelite. But the great thing about Job, and he was from the land of Uz, according to the Bible, reading of archaeology, Uz location is not truly known. I want to give this information out real quick. The area is said to be the eastern part of Arabia, close to Chaldeas. What we know about Job is that he was a good man who was very religious, and he was honest. He was not Jewish, but apparently understood the laws and customs and traditions as if an Israelite. So that lets you know that a man that's not born of Israelite custom, tradition, he must have heard it from somewhere, and he adopted those same principles as the Israelites did. And the reason why I brought that up is because a lot of people might bring people to church. They might not be raised up in the church. They may not know everything you know. But it's always good to bring somebody with you to church because they begin to learn and adopt those same principles that you believe in they'll believe in and become a believer just like you. So wherever he heard 
the custom and tradition, he decided to adopt this. And his character, according to God, was upright and perfect. But it is one thing to be complimented by people, but to be complimented by God himself, oh, that was a great deal. And it is something that is remarkable, impeccable, important, and a reason to be acknowledged. When you're doing the right thing, and you have favor with God, when there is an overflow of his blessings, there's always somebody looking and noticing your prosperity, even the enemy. So Job was doing something right. He valued his religion and was considered among the rest of the land, perfect compared to the surroundings. He never said he was without falling short of the glory, but in fact stated that even if I were in the right, my own mouth would condemn me. If I were blameless, my mouth would declare me guilty. Job understood that he had flaws, but was serious about God. He respected God and his holy commandments, striving towards the mark to be a better man. We know more about a person when we learn their character. Character gives details and outlines of a person, good or bad. We monitor people's behaviors even without trying to do so. And we, by the, their behavior pattern, understand their responses to happy days and bad days, traumatic situations, how they react on Sunday, Monday, throughout the week. This is why we have to be careful with meeting people. People will claim to have upper-class attitudes, positions, characters, and they can demonstrate and put on a show in front of people. But behind closed doors, they're mean, rude, disrespectful, and evil, and don't have a heart for people. Job was not that person. He was wealthy, but he still understood that wealth, materialistic things, all of that doesn't mean anything if you don't have Christ in your life. And... We know from reading that Job was perfect and upright and he feared the Lord. So he was intact. He was walking right with God. He wasn't an Israelite, like I said, but he carries the same customs. He actually atoned for his children's sins, which I thought was a beautiful thing. He was a believer in God's ability to take control over his life. He was an honest person. He trusted our Heavenly Father, glorified him. Even in times where some would have given up on him, he knew to be in awe of him. And he knew that God will, in return, give him his steadfast love. Job had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, 500 she-asses in a very large household. Job offered burnt offerings for each child just in case they might have sinned or cursed God in their heart. He had a relationship that was routinish. He cared about his children's soul. He believed that issues of the heart that was not fixed can mean eternal damnation. And he had to believe in eternal salvation. Otherwise, burnt offerings would have been in vain. So he cared about what our Heavenly Father had to say about him. And what stood out to me is that while he was living his life and we turn to the next verse that explained that the heavenly realm has day-to-day -day operations and they were discussing uh, with our heavenly father, the holy officials that are in heaven, just daily operations, just talking about people that are on earth. 
and Satan came in and had the audacity to come up and tell our Heavenly Father that his own creation named Job was going to curse him and die. But yet the Heavenly Father who knows everything, who believed in Job and understood what type of person that Job was, he knew that Job would not deter from him. So he allowed Satan to have the power to afflict everything in his life negatively that he could do. And a lot of people wanted to know, well, why did our Heavenly Father give him the benefit of doing these things? And we really don't have the answer. We don't know why the Heavenly Father allowed Satan to afflict him the way that he did. But he did allow it. And Satan began to kill off his family, take away everything he owned, all his financial stability, which back then was livestock. Job was afflicted with so much devastation. I mean, we had the Sabians and the Chaldeans still everything he had, take away everything. And then he got to the point where that didn't do anything to him. So then he afflicted him with sore boils from the foot to his crown. He used a pot shear to scrape himself and sat in ashes. And his wife wanted him to curse our heavenly father and die. But he told her, he said, you speak as a foolish woman. He didn't want to curse God. He didn't want to curse God because he knew deep down that the Heavenly Father loved him. The Heavenly Father cared about him. And he was just so meek and so humble. But then he did get to a point where he was so grieved in spirit that he tore his clothes and, and just cried and just suffered so great that friends came to see about him and they rent their clothes meaning they tore their clothes as well and they prayed with him they didn't even talk to him for seven days trying to comfort him but even the friends felt like Job did something wrong but Job kept telling his friends that no, I didn't do anything wrong. It's not because of anything that I've done. Because I've done everything I knew how to do. And so he, him and his friends went back and forth discussing what he did wrong. And Job kept taking up for himself saying that he didn't do anything wrong. And then he went to the father. He went to the father. And he began to question the father. Because he didn't believe deep down that he deserved the things that happened to him. And I can understand that. Because sometimes we're like that. Sometimes we get around our friends and our friends believe the same thing. They believe that sometimes we go through so much is because we've done something. We've sinned. We've done something to somebody to make that karma, that bad karma come against us. But sometimes... It's just the enemy testing you. 
Sometimes it's just life events that just happens that's beyond your control. But one thing that I do respect about Job is the fact that because he didn't have the answer, he went directly to the one who he knew would have the answer. And there's a lot of us right now that are suffering, that are going through painful situations. And they don't know which way to go. They don't know how to feel. They don't know who to talk to. And you're at home hoping that the Heavenly Father will give you a sign. You're at home reading scripture. You're at home consecrating you're at home fasting. You're at home praying with the lights off, TV off. And you're searching for him to give you an answer on why you're going through what you're going through. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's a wonderful way to have a conversation with God. Not to ask a whole bunch of questions. Not, not to say, why me? And a lot of times we do that, right? Sometimes we get so bent out of shape because of the things that are happening in our lives that we begin to wonder, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Every time I turn around, I try to be a good person. I go to church. I'm in the choir. I preach in the pulpit. I evangelize. I do all these things in your name. I try to teach my children how to live right. I live right. I try to do everything in my power to make you pleasing with my lifestyle. But every time I turn around, there's always something going on. There's always something to afflict me or my family. I'm always losing people in my family. It seems like the children don't want to act right. Every time I try to get close to you, it's always something. And I've been there. I know what you're going through. But I encourage you to keep talking to him. And what I respect about Job is he didn't have the answer, but he went to God. He was upset, but he went to God with his true heart and sincerity. And the Heavenly Father did talk back to Job. And he let him know that I'm God. I'll do the one that I'll be the one to ask those questions. I'll be the one to ask you questions because nobody can think like me. Nobody formed this world like me. And you know what? Even though the answer that the heavenly father gave Job might've been something to some people might feel a little bit harsh, but it was the truth. And we worship the heavenly father in, in, in spirit and in truth. And he let us know that, he does things because he wants to do things. He does things because he just has the power to do it. And nobody can question him. Nobody can think like him. Nobody understands that sometimes we have to go through the making and molding process in order to get to the other side. We can't live life too easy. Because living life easy is not learning. It's just existing. And sometimes we have to go through rough times so that we can depend on him. We may not have the answer. He's not going to always give us the answer. But he'll let us know that 
We can put our faith in him and we can put our trust in him. And I think that's more important than knowing the why all the time. It's not important to know the why, but to know the who. And you can trust in him. You can give your heart to him. He can take control over your life, over your children's life, over your parents' life, anybody's life. He has the whole world in his hands. And I just thank and praise God for all of you that are listening in. I hope that you heard something that would minister to your heart on today. I thank and praise our Heavenly Father for always being here for us, always loving us, always taking care of us, always providing for us, always being our shelter and our refuge and our safe haven. And we might not always know what his plans are, but we do know that everything that he does for us is always to make us better and and it's always for the good of us. So we ask all the listeners out there to come back next Saturday at 2.30 p.m. on WXAN 103.9. Visit us at 306 West Monroe Street, Carbondale, Illinois on Sundays at 2 p.m. May God bless you. May God keep you. Will your heart and soul say yes? Will your heart and soul say yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will your spirit?